Hello and welcome to Search for Truth, your Bible study program with your teacher Brian Johnston. Thanks for tuning in. Now, if you were with me last time, you may remember I asked the question, are you put off by the use of jargon or specialist words? And I said that I hope we avoid that here on Search for Truth Radio. And as I said last time as well, sometimes the use of specialist words is unavoidable. And they do cut down a great deal of extra words if we have to explain their meaning. This time the word grace is our focus. It's another biblical word of great importance, but in today's society it's generally jargon and can be meaningless to those unfamiliar with the Bible or with Christianity. So Brian's talk today asks the question, what is grace? And Brian will seek to show us. Thanks, John. To be constantly protesting that something isn't fair is a mark of immaturity. After all, it doesn't take much experience of life to come to the conclusion that life isn't fair, at least not as we view it. I vividly recall the true story of a teacher and his class as it concerned the marking of of end-of-term assignments. To start with, before the first assignment took place, the teacher said, and said repeatedly, making sure everyone got the message that all assignments had to be ready for collection by him on the day he'd set for them, or else they'd be marked as a fail. Is that clear, he asked. They all replied that it was perfectly clear. So far, so good. Then came the assignment at the end of the first term. Some students were late. Their assignments had not been completed by the appointed time. The teacher reminded them of what they had agreed But sir, they cried, please give us a couple more days to finish it. Very graciously, the teacher said he'd allow that this once, stressing this was not something to be repeated. At the end of the second term, the same thing happened. There were a few once again who appealed for a little more time as they'd been unable to complete their assignment by the due date. The teacher reminded them of what he'd previously said. Please, sir, please, sir, they begged, just once more. Do you not remember that last time I said it would be the last time that I'd allow an extension? Yes, sir, we know, sir, but please, please. Once more, the teacher allowed the late entries. It was now the end of the third term. There could be no excuse for not knowing the system. But once again, some students weren't ready with their assignments. They'd presumed once again on the teacher being gracious. They'd possibly even come to expect this. However, to their dismay, the teacher announced that this time those students whose assignments were not ready in time would be marked with a fail for that third and final term. What? the students cried. Please, sir, that's not fair. No sooner had they uttered those words, that's not fair, than the teacher said very firmly to the class, Fair? Did I hear you say fair? Okay, you want fair. Listen up. I'll tell you exactly what's fair. I've been gracious these past two times, but now you've requested fairness and I'm going to give you what's fair. I'm going to give you what you've asked for. Those students whose assignments are not ready will be marked with a fail for this term. But I'm also going to look over their previous marks and those previous late passes will also be changed to a fail. The students were stunned, but they certainly learned the difference that day between grace and what's fair. And that helps us in defining what grace is. Grace is simply what's not fair. God's grace 
is his undeserved favour towards us. If fairness is about getting what we deserve, then grace is about what's not fair. Whatever we receive by grace is opposed to or in contrast with whatever we merit fairly by our own deserving works. At this point, let's revisit our text for this series of studies, the one that comes from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. In our last study, we defined the salvation here as being salvation from God's final judgment. That is, the punishment our sins deserve. Now we're checking out the way salvation is made available to us, and that is by God's grace, being his favour towards us, something which we haven't merited. Jesus loved to tell stories that shocked people when clarifying the meaning of grace. In Matthew chapter 20, the first 11 verses, it's recorded he told them this story. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner, who went out early in the morning to hire labourers for his vineyard. When he had agreed with the labourers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And to those he said, You also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right I will give you. And so they went. Again he went out about the sixth and the ninth hour and did the same thing. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing around. And he said to them, Why have you been standing here idle all day long? They said, Because no one hired us. He said to them, You go into the vineyard too. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the labourers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last group to the first. When those hired about the eleventh hour came, each one received a denarius. When those hired first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they grumbled at the landowner, saying, These last men have worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden and the scorching heat of the day. But he answered and said to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go. But I wish to give to this last man the same as you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with what is my own? Or is your eye envious because I am generous? So the last shall be first and the first last. Now, if we are honest, many of us would have to say that our initial reaction, if not one we were prepared to defend, would be pretty much the same as the reaction of the objectors in that story. In modern societies, dominated by workers' rights, What's proposed there would be seen as outrageous. But at bottom, that sense of outrage stems from our sense of what's fair. The point Jesus was making was this, that God's dealings with us are not on the basis of what's fair, and certainly not on the basis of what we think of as fair. If God paid us what we'd earned, or what we actually deserved, no human would be saved or rescued from the judgment to come. Next, we have another of Jesus' stories. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee student was praying this to himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, swindlers, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. 
I fast twice a week. I pay tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing some distance away, was even unwilling to lift up his eyes to heaven, but was beating his breast, saying, God be merciful to me, the sinner. I tell you, Jesus said, this man went to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. It might appeal to our sense of fairness that a good living person would get more from God than someone who was susceptible to corruption. Again, Jesus' words shock us. They should shock us into the realisation that we all deserve the lake of fire. Perhaps you think of yourself as a good living person, someone who behaves better than the average person. You may indeed be more respectable than others, but it remains true that for you to be saved, it can still only be by God showing his undeserved favour towards you. The Bible verse in Romans 6 and verse 23 makes this very clear, telling us the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wages are what we earn. We get paid what we're worth. But in God's estimation, we're all sinners, every last one of us, and our well-deserved earnings is death. That is, the second death, which is to be forever separated from God's presence, and so from all happiness and from every sense of well-being. But the good news of the Bible is about what God did for us in history. He sent his one and only son, Jesus, And Jesus was willing to take our place and to experience being separated from God when dying on the cross to pay the price for the sin of our human rebellion against God. According to the Bible, this is what happened on the day Jesus died, the just and innocent dying in place of the unjust and guilty. This is what happened. Let's listen to it from Luke's Gospel, chapter 23. Two others also who were criminals, were being led away to be put to death with him. When they came to the place called the Skull, there they crucified him and the criminal, one on the right and the other on the left. One of the criminals who were hanged there was hurling abuse at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other answered and rebuking him said, Do you not even fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed are suffering justly, for we are receiving what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he was saying, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, truly I say to you, today you shall be with me in paradise. One of those two criminals executed next to Jesus came to recognize that he was getting what he deserved and that Jesus most certainly wasn't. You know, there's a story told about America's Korean War. It concerns the battle for so-called Triangle Hill. At one point, American forces had been driven back from this strategic piece of high ground. The order was given from high command that it was to be regained at any cost. There was a call for volunteers from among special forces. Well, the effort paid off in the sense that the hill known as Triangle Hill was retaken. After the event, a group of U.S. Marines stood talking together. They noticed one of the number standing a little way off and that he had tears coursing down his cheeks. Sometimes even the toughest of men cry. Slowly, they edged over to him and asked the reason for him crying. 
In reply, he simply motioned to the corpse of a U.S. Army major lying at his feet. The officer had been a volunteer, leaving the safety of the officer's quarters to fight alongside the Marines in an effort to retake the hill. He didn't belong on this hill, the Marine said, and neither did Jesus belong on Skull Hill. He left the safety of heaven to volunteer to take our blame before a holy God when dying our death on that cross. Have you thanked him from the bottom of your heart? He didn't deserve to die for our sins, and we certainly don't deserve the forgiveness God offers to us through him. But that's God's grace for you. And it's only through God's grace that we can be saved from the eternal punishment that our sins truly do deserve before a holy God who knows our every nasty and unkind and unworthy thought. Please remember if you want the free digital ebook or the paper copy if you specify otherwise, then it can be yours uh, if you write in. So if you'd like a copy, just ask for 60 minutes to raise the dead. And if you want our postal address first, it's Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wooten Bassett, Swindon SN48 DY UK. Search for Truth, P.O. Box 748, Ringwood, Victoria 3134, Australia. Search for Truth, P.O. Box 70115, Chilomany, Blantyre, Malawi. And our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. Well, that's almost the end of our programme, and I want to thank you once again for the privilege of your company today. And I do look forward to you joining me again next week when we'll be taking a look at what is faith. So until then, it's bye for now and very best wishes from Brian, David, our singers and me, John. So see you again soon and in the meantime, may God richly bless you. <laughs>